This is an original branded podcast produced by GTM Creative Strategies in collaboration with Enel X. In some countries, electric vehicle chargers now outnumber gas stations. They're getting easier to find, they're easier to install in homes, and they're getting way smarter. So how can we harness all these chargers for the benefit of the grid and consumers? Uh, if we really want to enjoy the benefit of vehicle-to-grid integration and uh, use that, that storage as a way to absorb renewable energy, as a way to provide uh, services back to the grid, we need to have a very widespread network of chargers where cars can be attached all the time. I'm Stephen Lacey. In this episode, produced by GTM Creative Strategies in partnership with Enel X, we're exploring the vast potential of electric vehicle chargers. We'll talk with Giovanni Bertolino, the head of e-mobility for North America at Enel X, about a concept called managed charging. It's also known as intelligent charging. It's what Giovanni's team at Enel X does. They deploy networks of chargers that can adapt to pricing and grid needs, providing demand response services, and potentially real-time services to manage the frequency and health of the grid. This has been the dream of EV enthusiasts for years. It's now reality, and the technology is becoming ever more sophisticated. I spoke with Giovanni about the rise of managed charging. We started with the underlying market conditions. The grid is getting super saturated with wind and solar. So how can chargers, paired with demand response, help support more renewables? What we've seen uh, is that more than 80% of charging happens at home, and that is usually during the night. And that works fine uh, when, you have, when you are in regions, for instance, with a high wind penetration, because uh, uh, wind generation is usually very high at night. Um, but in, in regions where you have a very high solar penetration, that really doesn't help. Uh, there, the challenge is uh, integrating uh, or deploying more charging infrastructure where people could charge during the day. So charging at the workplace, uh, charging for, uh, for fleet, uh, charging for uh, school buses uh, who are mostly idle <laughs> during daytime when, when kids are at school, for instance. Um, those are ways in which uh, the uh, storage on wheels, uh, so electric vehicles, could be used to absorb that excess of, of solar energy during the day. And then the smart charging capabilities can also help in that, uh, in that respect uh, because uh, leveraging the flexibility of, uh, of, of charging when, when you have enough time to charge your car, uh, they can better absorb the uh, excess of renewable energy uh, when that is available. So where are we in realizing this reality? Um, when you think about what an LX has done thus far, what's the scale we're at right now? And how far do we need to go to make this a real resource that can help us manage all these renewables? In order to achieve a, a well-balanced uh, between uh, demand and supply, uh, where supply comes from renewable and demand comes from electric vehicles, we'll still need to see a lot more EVs on the streets. The EV penetration at the moment is still uh, pretty low uh, to make a sizable impact uh, on uh, the short term between, uh, with the renewable generation, which is being deployed faster than, than the deployment of EV chargers at the moment. But I think things will, will, will um, catch up pretty soon. There will be more and more 
uh, EV is uh, uh, available on the market and, and we will see a, a growing uh, rate of adoption uh, from, from, from drivers. What is the bottleneck in all of this? Is it just slow adoption of electric vehicles or is there something in the regulatory framework that makes build out of these charging networks slow? What do you think is going to prevent the acceleration of this space? With electric vehicles, we need to think of a very different model. I mean, electric cars, uh, I think they're much more similar to the phones that we keep in our wallets. And and what's our habit with the with the phones? I mean, at night, before going to bed, we will plug it and charge it. Or at work, while we're not using, we plug it uh, on, on, our, on the desk. And it's always charged, always at full performance. Um, I, I think with electric cars, we are going to see a, a similar pattern where... Uh, and then that will be enabled by the fact that electricity is ubiquitous. It's not like a, a, a fuel distribution network where you have a, a few points where you can you you can't refill. Electricity is available everywhere. It's available at home. It's available at the workplace. It's available at the supermarket, at the mall. Uh, so if you can have a charger in all those places, you can top off your car. And that charger doesn't need to be a fast charger because if we're talking topping off, you just need adding 20, 30 miles for every session, which is the average uh, distance that every driver uh, drives in a day. I mean, 20 to 30 miles. And uh, once people will realize that that's really what they need for the bulk of their, of their uh, usage, uh, we'll see adoption of EVs uh, uh, growing significantly. It, it will become a, 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 a common staple like a, a, our phone. Now everybody has a cell phone in his pocket and everybody will have uh, EV because it will be a similar experience in terms of their charging needs. You identified two ways to think about these charging networks. One is to think about them in the context of a gas station and one is to think about, you know, for the end user for them in the context of a cell phone. I wonder what what is the best way as a consumer to think about how these chargers are going to play into their lives? Is it going to be ubiquitous like our cell phone or are they going to be treating them like like gas stations? Um how do you think what, what's the best analogy? I think I think we we're going to have both models. I think we're going to have uh, a very widespread uh availability of chargers uh, wherever the cars sit idle um, for a long period of time, also because that will be the best way to use the flexibility that storage on wheels can provide. Uh, if we really want to uh, enjoy the benefit of vehicle-to-grid integration and uh, use that, that storage as a way to absorb renewable energy, as a way to provide uh, services back to the grid, we need to have uh, a very widespread network of chargers where cars can be attached all the time. A very different need is served by the fast charging infrastructure which serve the need of people who need to drive long distance and want to spend as little time as possible waiting for their car to be charged to continue on their journey. In that case, those charging sessions are not uh, helping that much in absorbing renewable energy or in providing services to the grid. Their purpose is really to accelerate the journey of, of, of the driver. 
that poses some challenges to the economics of that because those services will be for pay for sure and and most likely will be also expensive unless there are other ways that people can monetize to have those chargers or unless there are subsidies or, or, or incentives to deploy that network of, of fast chargers. It's a very different uh, business model and, and, and proposition, and it has a very different impact on the grid. Let's think bigger picture about what this means for conventional generation. So you have unique experience because I know you spent many years uh, focused on the global thermal generation business at Enel. Um, before that, you were at McKinsey, and you were focused on all sorts of different energy sectors. So now here we are focused on the downstream business, really interacting with the consumer. You're focused on a business that is going to potentially transform the way customers interact with utilities and therefore have consequences on what kind of generation, flexible generation we use to um, to, to match th- these kinds of charging networks. What are the consequences, you think, for thermal generation? And what does this mean for the broader energy mix? I think we are in a journey towards a complete decarbonization of the electricity sector. Electrification of transportation will provide additional benefit because uh, we will be able to fully decarbonize also transportation if we are able to electrify it and at the same time decarbonize the electricity sector. Enel is very committed in that uh, in that transition. We are deploying every year more and more uh, new capacity of, uh, of renewable generation. Uh, we deployed more than 3 gigawatt in 2019, and this number keeps growing uh, globally. And at the same time, we have started our journey in phasing out uh, our conventional generation, starting with coal and, and uh, fuel oil plants, and then in the future also also gas plants until we will become completely uh, carbon free in our in our generation. Let's take a look at the mobility space and electric vehicles specifically. So electric vehicles are expanding, although we probably don't have as many on the road as we imagined, but still it's a strengthening market. Um, where do you think electric vehicles fit into the NLX strategy as you identify this bigger transition? I mean, it's still very small compared to the overall massive uh, business within NL, but at what stage will it be at scale? I mean, where is it going to play into this transition you're identifying as a giant business? I think uh, 2020 will be a year of growth compared to the past, but where we can really start seeing a huge step up and acceleration will be 2021 and and 2022, with all the new models uh, being commercially available, uh, new models uh, coming up, the infrastructure having advanced uh, even more, providing uh, or addressing uh, that uh, uh, the concerns from uh, from drivers to adopt an electric vehicle. So I believe in the next couple of years, we will see a real turning point and inflection in the deployment of, uh, of electric vehicles. Well, Giovanni Bertolino, uh, the head of e-mobility for NLX, thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks to you. 
You've been listening to an episode produced by GTM Creative Strategies in collaboration with Enel X. Large energy users partner with Enel X to manage risk on the energy markets, maximize payments through demand response, and finance upgrades to facilities to improve demand response earnings. They also increasingly work with Enel X to use chargers to manage the grid. Find out more about how Enel X can help you capitalize on your biggest energy opportunities. Go to evcharging.nlx.com or follow the link in the show notes. Thanks.